Welcome back to Split Decision. This week on episode 18, I'm going to recap UFC Vegas 81. Then we're going to go to Abu Dhabi, where we'll be seeing UFC 294, Makachev versus Volkanovski 2 for the lightweight belt. No top five this week due to Christian being under the weather. And then I'll cap everything off with our weekly football preview for college and the NFL. But first, a shout out to Elite Sports for sponsoring this episode. Go to EliteSports.com for all your jujitsu gear, geese, rash guards, and more. All right, let's go. All right, so the main event for UFC Vegas 81 were featherweights Edson Barbosa versus Sadiq Yusuf. Me and Christian both picked Barbosa to win the fight, so we had a little clairvoyance there from a recent uh, tough time on the betting and picks brackets that we've had going on. Uh, this was a very exciting back-and-forth fight that I don't think took anything away from either fighter. Barbosa was nearly knocked out in the first round, giving Yusuf a 10-8 on the scorecards. But then he rallied big in the second. He composed himself, walked Yusuf down with a lot of pressure. You know, had a lot of body shots, leg kicks. Really stayed composed. In the third, he himself almost knocked Yusuf out with a wheel kick. Landed very clean, very flush. And then he could just continue to dominate. <clears throat> that gave him all the confidence moving forward. Then by the fifth round, Borbosa was able to control... You know, he locked in a couple takedowns, controlled the round heavily, secured the unanimous decision victory in this heavily contested battle, in my opinion. Christian's not here uh, this week. He's sick. Don't know what happened to him, but, you know, that kind of is what it is. I had a few thoughts for this, kind of who's next, in my opinion. You know, both were already in the top 15 in the featherweight division. Either one, you know, I think Yusuf isn't going to drop much. He might fight Giga Chikadze, maybe Bryce Mitchell, Charles Jordan off a win. I was even thinking Alex Caceres, but he has a broken bone in his arm, so he has to recover for a while first. Um, expect, in my opinion, expect Barbosa to be fighting, you know, at the end of the year, probably not, but, you know, February, March, maybe. We'll see. A less than thrilling opening to the co-main event for Jennifer Maya and Vivian Arahuo. Uh, it was very cautious for both of them. They were trying to figure out timing, you know, figure out how they were going to get their shots. I believe Arahua won the round with a few of those clean shots. You know, like I said, it was it was a round for figuring out timing, testing range. By the second, you know, Maya really found herself having to defend submissions on the ground. And, you know, Arahuyo poured on, you know, majority of the control to win that round. And at this point in the third, Maya needed a, a finish to win. You know, Arhuyo never in trouble. She just never needed to change her game plan. You know, it was this judge's scorecards. She was effective in her grappling exchanges. She had well-timed strikes. She won 29-28 unanimous decision. It was a well-fought uh, victory for her. I had Maya winning, Christian at Arahuyo. Vivi uh, is probably what, what would have been better to have been said since I can't pronounce any of her name. Uh, Vivi won the fight. Good props to her. Um, she's not a top 10 fighter at this point, not a top 15 fighter at this point. It's kind of open for who she, she could be fighting. In that division, 
it's kind of a toss-up. There's a bunch of people vying for the belt. Uh, it's it's really just kind of left in the air to see who she's going to fight next. But with a unanimous decision, she didn't take a lot of damage. We could easily see her fighting towards the end of the year. Similar to Chris Gutierrez, Jonathan Martinez leaned heavily on his leg kicks in his fight against Adrian Yanez on Saturday. Uh, from the get-go, he immediately attacked the legs heavy, affecting Yanez's mobility, and using that really as his nod to press heavy forward. Um, that almost was his undoing. Yanez almost caught him with a couple couple nasty blows in those exchanges. Um, but, you know, Martinez resettled himself, pressed forward, effectively attacking the legs. He actually won the fight TKO via leg kick in the second round. Um, that's really dangerous to do. He he said after the fight that he wasn't very uh, happy. He was hoping the ref would call it earlier. He felt bad. Um, but, you know, it's very effective when the opponent's not checking your leg kicks. He did almost get caught. So, you know, if somebody doesn't get hurt bad by one of those legs, maybe he, you know, he gets knocked out in that case. We'll see. I think for him, he could be fighting a Rob Font next, maybe an Umar Nurmagomedov. Uh, maybe Ricky Simon. We'll see. He didn't take a lot of damage as well, so he could be fighting at the end of the year, maybe the beginning of 2024. Um, they did just schedule some fights for the Leon Edwards, Colby Covington 2 in UFC 296 in December. So that could easily be a fight for Jonathan Martinez to fight. Michelle Pereira took on Andre Petroski on Saturday. In his previous attempt, Pereira missed weight by three pounds he was supposed to fight Stephen Wonderboy Thompson uh he missed weight by three pounds so he moved up to the middleweight division that proved the absolute right decision for him he stopped Petrosky right after the first minute of the first round in his fight um he connected almost immediately with a barrage of strikes it was a monstrous fury I don't know why he didn't move up before. Maybe he just thought he could utilize that power in a smaller division, and for a while he could. And maybe the weight class now is just kind of ready for him to unload upon. This was his first fight in the division, so don't expect, you know, a top 10 opponent right off the bat. He does, in the middleweight division, there is some contention. You know, there's multiple people he that would stand in his way of a title shot. So he has a long road to carve ahead of him. Dana does not like it when people miss weight, especially by three pounds. Um, so looking at that, I'd like to see both of these fighters, honestly, Jonathan or uh, Michelle Pereira and Andre Petroski fight, you know, very soon. Neither one took, well, Petrovsky did get knocked out, so maybe he needs to take three months off. Maybe he'll fight February, March. But Pereira could definitely fight November, December at either the next you know, UFC Vegas in the Apex or UFC 296. Speaking of missing weight, Christian Rodriguez missed weight by four pounds, had 25% of his purse taken and delivered to Cameron Simon, but he still got the victory. Granted, Cameron Simon came in looking much smaller, significantly smaller than Christian Rodriguez. And in my opinion, Christian Rodriguez should at least get a point deducted. You know, if, if you're missing weight by four pounds, that's damn near another weight class. Uh, I think it's cheating in the highest regard. I don't think the fighter should be allowed to fight. And if he does fight, 100% of his purse should go to the other fighter. 
Uh, it's disrespectful. Get out of the fight if you if you miss weight by that much, at the very least. Um, Rodriguez did put on damage early, secured a takedown. He put it, That put him up in round one. Despite close second and third rounds, Simon didn't do enough to get the decision. Rodriguez did hold overall control, and the, Simon to damage, uh, the damage to Simon <laughs> uh, really did show by the end of the fight. It was a good-fought fight by Christian Rodriguez, but it does leave you to wonder how much of that is due to the weight discrepancy. You know, of course, Simon gets to put on some weight after the weigh-in, but, you know, that's four pounds that Simon might not have even had to cut at that point. So I'd be interested to know what, you know, what happens to Rodriguez for the future. Chad GPT went another stunning week in UFC going four and one. Christian went one and four in UFC picks. I went two and three. It was pretty exciting. Edgar Chara's was canceled. Uh, they had to, you know, cancel that one last minute, so we didn't get anything kind of out on that. I went 0-5 in total bets for the week, so that's going to be fun to look at. Uh, Christian went 3-1-1 and in bets. Had one canceled in the UFC, had his win, Arhuyo Maya, over. Uh, I lost UFC bet of Simon Moneyline. Maybe we need to look at uh, just placing the same picks and bets, or maybe the picks of ChatGPT as our bets to see what we can do there. Um, for college football, I went 2-3 and three in picks, so Christian beat me in picks at 4-1. and one. And for NFL, I went 3-2, and two. Christian went 2-3. and three. Bets, like I said, were 0-5. I thought the Oregon Ducks were going to win. They did not. I thought the USC Trojans were going to beat Notre Dame. They did not. Christian was correct with Oregon State. The Beavers money line, as uh, but his only loss of the day for betting was USC with me. He thought Caleb Williams and the Trojans were going to be able to trump the Fighting Irish. Moving on to last little three bets we had. My other two losses were Lions versus Bucks over forty three and a half. That was a low scoring. I think thirty seven or twenty seven point game. Not good. And Forty ers covering five and a half. They actually lost. Christian McCaffrey did get injured after scoring his touchdown. So we'll see if he can extend his streak another week or if it gets paused due to injury. Um, wholeheartedly, not a good week for me in betting. It went and moved me to a 35-29-2, Christian to 36-30-0. Overall, like I said, not good. Um, but, you know, it's my podcast, so we'll be able to continue as long as we want don't go anywhere we'll be right back with a preview of ufc 294 
Alrighty, we have an early UFC card this week. UFC 294 is going to be in Abu Dhabi. I think the main card starts at 2 p.m. Central Time. I'm not really concerned with Easter Time, Pacific Time, any of the other ones because y'all can Google it. Um, kicking off, Saeed Nurmagomedov taking on Muin Gafarov. I think this fight was chosen for Abu Dhabi for a reason. You have a more or less heavy favorite, minus 230 in Saeed Nur- Nurmagomedov, and a plus 190 there. Uh, Saeed comes in 17-3, and three, four KOs, five subs, eight decisions, losing only three times by decision. Uh, Gafarov comes in 18-5, and five, 10 KO wins, seven submission victories, and one decision victory, losing five times by decision. Neither to get these guys have ever been finished. Christian and I both picked Saeed Nurmagomedov, I think it, this fight is going to be a heavily weighted uh, fight, you know, for all of the favorites. Because all of the favorites, this is going to be their home turf. Um, both fighters have come off a loss, but I think a win here is going to mean more for Saeed Nurmagomedov. Um, and on this one, I'm not picking against someone with a name like Nurmagomedov, even though he's not related to Khabib. Um, so with that, that's going to cover the first fight. It's going to be exciting. I'm not su- going to be surprised if we see a KO or a submission. I don't think we're going to see a decision here, so it may be something to look at placing an under on the fight. Our next fight is Ikram Aliskarov. He's the heaviest betting favorite of the night, coming in at minus 600 money line. He's 14-1 and one in his career, winning five times by KO, five times by submission, and four times by decision, only losing once, and that was a KO loss. He's facing Warley Alves, plus 430 underdog here. Professional record, 14-6, four KO victories, six submission victories with four decision uh, victories. Lost two times by KO, one time by submission, and three times by decision. He's lost three out of his last four, One KO, one sub, one decision. Alves needs to step it up to win in Abu Dhabi. I don't think this is his destiny to win here. With Ikram Eliskarov, he's only lost to Hazmat Chemaev. I think that kind of tells you everything you need to know. He is that dude, or at least one of those dudes. Is that enough, though? Is the home turf for Eliskarov going to be enough to help secure him this heavy favorite victory? I do believe it will. Uh, Christian also believes, like I said, he's out six, so I'm just going to be relaying all his picks this week. Um, I think Ikram Eliskarov is going to win this fight by knockout. I think it's going to be a pretty quick fight. Another one that I think we can we can bank on the under for. Magomed Ankalaev versus Johnny Walker. Mag- Magomed Ankalaev comes in minus three fifty money line favorite, seventeen and one in his career, winning nine times by KO eight times by decision, one loss by submission. He also has one draw in his career. Johnny Walker is 21-7, more wins, more losses. He's a plus 275 underdog here with 16 KO victories, three submission victories, two decision victories, losing four times by KO, one time by submission, and two times by decision. Look, I know Johnny Walker is going to be facing some adversity here. It's not his home crowd. He's not favorited. He's facing a tough fighter, but I don't think we can count him out. I think he's crafty. I think he has monster power, and I think he can submit you if he has, absolutely has to. 
Ankalaev has never had to show his submission skills, but he has lost by submission. He also drew his last time out against Jan Blahovich, which I understand that's a whole different ball game. It's a whole different monster. But I think it's worth noting that that since losing to Paul Craig by submission in 2018, he is a completely different fighter now. I pick Johnny Walker to win the fight. Christian picks Magomed Ankalaev to win the fight. I'm not sure what's going to happen here. This could be a complete toss-up, but a lot of people are going to be riding with the money line favorite, Magomed Ankalaev. This next fight is definitely going to be an electric one, no matter how long it is. We have Kamara, the Nigerian nightmare Usman, versus Kamzat Boers Kamaev. Perfect in his career so far. Kamaev has stood the test, defeating everybody, no matter how he's had to do it. 12-0 in his career, 6 KO victories, 5 submissions, 1 decision. He just wants to smash, in his words. Kamara Usman is 20-3, and 9 KO victories, 1 submission victory, 10 decision victories. He's been great. He's a legend in his own right. People start, has completely flipped on him after his losses to Edwards. But I think outside of this specific match, he could still fight and win against anybody. This is going to definitely be an action-packed fight. While me and Christian both believe Chimaev is going to win, I see an explosive finish happening. I don't know if it's going to be another out-cold knockout or if it's going to be a submission from Chimaev, but... I think Chimaev is going to finish the Nigerian Nightmare. So, and for actually a lot of these fights, I think most of the main card for UFC 294, I think the judges are more or less going to be able to kind of sit back and enjoy the ride like fans. With a win here, it would definitely submit either guy into the top contention for a title shot, whether it be Usman or Chimaev. It... it it stands to reason that especially an impressive performance here would get you the winner of Covington Edwards or you'd be fighting sooner with against Bilal Muhammad or somebody like that. Jamayev's already ranked up there in the top, so if Usman wins, it stands to reason that if Covington wins the belt, he could be fighting Covington next. Or if Edwards wins or Covington wins, it doesn't matter. If Jamayev wins, he's fighting for the title after them. All right, so the main event changed last minute. Islam Makachev will now be fighting Alexander Volkanovsky for the second time. Makachev comes in 24-1 in his career, four KO victories, 11 submission victories, nine decision victories, only losing once by KO. Alexander Volkanovsky comes in 26-2, 13 KO wins, three submission victories, and 10 decision victories. Two losses, once by KO, once by decision. One of those losses to Makachev by decision. The featherweight king, Volkanovski, is getting his second chance to be a two-time division champion. Charles Oliveira is out. He split his eyebrow. He had to get stitches. Not reasonable request for him to fight, especially, you know, splitting his eye a week before. That just begs for Makachev to retain the title with no, con- no contest. Last time Makachev fought was against Volkanovski. So you have to understand that 
he's going to know the game plan and know the resilience that Volkanovski has. The odds coming in last time were Makachev minus 310, minus 330, I believe, money line. Now it's 260. It's dropped a little bit, even with a victory over Volk. I think in that amount of time, Volk has proven a lot. He's proven that he's resilient. He's determined. He's not going to be just choked out. We saw that in the Ortega fight. I just love to bring that one up because I'm not a big Ortega fan. But I think Volk has what it takes to win this fight. I think him rebounding well, he's going to win. My pick for this fight is Alexander Volkanovsky, but he will not be able to win this fight by decision. He is going to have to finish Makachev. Christian picked Islam. I wholeheartedly agree it could be an Islam night, but I do believe that Alexander the Great Volkanovsky comes in and finishes Makachev in his home turf. Next up, we're going to be taking a look at our college football preview. But first, don't forget to head to splitdecisionpod.com to check out all of our recent episodes, our merch, social media. Go follow us there, Split Decision, on all social medias. All right, college football preview time. All right, our week eight coverage preview for college football. All right, first we have number seven, Penn State, Nittany Lions, 6-0, and perfect so far. Taking on the number three, Ohio State Buckeyes, also 6-0, and also perfect. Ohio State's favorite, money line negative 185, so a slight favorite coming in, over under 46 and a half. Seems kind of low for a college game for me. What do you think, Christian? Oh, yeah, he's still not here. That's cool. So, look, the Penn State Lions have the best passing defense, allowing the fewest first downs. They also are topped in in points scored per game. The Ohio State Buckeyes defense is just as good. But Ohio State shouldn't have as many running back issues this week. I believe Ohio State's going to win. I don't know much about college football. Christian's generally better at college football picks than I am. But I will say, Christian thinks Penn State's going to win. So maybe I don't know anything. I do know that Ohio State's the ranked three team. And Penn State has a very good defense. So we'll see. Now, we don't cover all the college games or all the NFL games or all of the UFC fights. We cover either our favorites or just the main cards or really whatever we're feeling. The second game we have to cover, number 17 ranked Tennessee Volunteers, five wins, one loss. That loss is against the Florida Gators, taking on the number 11 ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Six wins, one loss. That loss is against the Texas Longhorns. Alabama's favored, minus 350 money line, with an over-under 45.5 points. Alabama's also favored to win by minus, or to cover 8.5 points. Alabama's 4-0 in the SEC. They're not playing the best in the quarterback position or their defense, but they've just 
you know, managed to only lose that one game. Tennessee's team beat Alabama last year, but lost a bunch of important components in the offense. At least that's what the Google's telling me. I believe Alabama's going to win this game. Christian still has no verbal opinion because, once again, he's not here. But he agrees. He think Al- thinks Alabama is going to win. I don't know if it's going to be a defensive game, but I do think that Alabama is going to move to 7-1. and one. All right, for our next game, we have the number 16 Duke Blue Devils, plus 425. They have five wins, one loss. That loss is against the Dame. Just kidding. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Over under 49 on that game. Uh, they're fighting. Sorry. They're going to be playing a football game against the number four ranked Florida State Seminoles. They're perfect 6-0 and in their season. They're favored to cover 13.5 points. Minus 600. Money line. Duke hasn't allowed more than 14 points in their wins this season. They've run the ball for an average of 198.5 yards per game. Florida State is 12th in yards per rush at 5.5 yards per carry and still undefeated in their season. They have a more high-powered offense here. I think FSU is going to win. Christian agrees that FSU is going to win. It's just a matter about by how much. I'm a betting man. But I don't understand college football betting, and I can't seem to get a handle on it. I'm going to just go ahead and pick FSU. Christian's going to back me picking FSU as well. Moving on to our next game for college football is going to be the Utah Utes, 5-1 and one so far, only losing to Oregon State. And they're playing the USC Trojans, 6-1. and one. They lost last week to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. USC is favored by seven with an over-under of 56, kind of showing that this is going to be a higher-scoring game than any other one I've talked about so far. USC is favored with a money line of minus 250. Uh, I believe Caleb Williams is going to be the first overall draft pick in next year's draft, but it doesn't mean that Utah can't win this game. USC's defense is not very good, so if they can find that ability to make, you know, give... Caleb Williams some pressure. I think he's going to make some mistakes. I think he could throw a couple picks. Now, I'm not betting against him. I'm not picking against him. I think USC is going to win. But if the Utah Utes are going to win, they need to stop Caleb Williams just like Notre Dame did last week. USC's defense is not very good. They allow 30 points per game. You can't have that if you're going to win a national championship. It just won't work. All right, so the last game we're going to be looking at, or I guess the last game I'm going to be looking at, y'all going to be listening to, uh, will be the Clemson Tigers taking on the Miami Hurricanes. Clemson is 4-2. and two. They lost to Duke and Florida State. Uh, Florida State's a respectable loss. They are a powerhouse this year. And Duke is playing for Florida State this, this week, so that'll be interesting. Um, Hurricanes lost to Georgia Tech. They uh, fumbled when they should have just knelt and, and lost and won the game, but they lost. Uh, they also lost to the Tar Heels last week. Not a bad loss there, just, you know, they got beat. Clemson's favored in the money line, minus 175 with an over-under of 48.5. So it kind of 
is a is a guess really of who's going to win this one. Clemson's lost some tough games. Georgia Tech, or uh, Florida's lost some tough games to Georgia Tech and to North Carolina. I think Miami losing back to back games, but for totally different reasons, shows that you know that they're not on the wrong track. They just they have some coaching errors. But what does that leave your players with? Are they going to trust the coaches? I don't know. Clemson has a middling offense and a middling defense. I honestly think either team can win this one. Christian thinks Clemson is going to win. I honestly think the Hurricanes are probably going to win. I don't think they're going to lose three in a row, especially to a Tigers team that, you know, they haven't had a great passing attack. They haven't had a great rushing attack. Like I said, middling offense, middling defense. But that's also the problem for the Hurricanes. Billy Napier's probably on the hot seat here. He needs to figure it out. You know, he doesn't have all the time in the world to get a good Florida team, you know, built. Clemson, this is this is their team to beat. Stick around. We have a couple more things to knock out today. We have the NFL Week 7. We'll be talking about a few games. I'm going to do a modified top five, and I'll close it up with whatever I feel like doing. All right, kicking off our NFL football week seven preview, we have the Detroit Lions. They're five and one so far. They're taking on the Baltimore Ravens, four and two so far in the season. Baltimore has a spread covering three points at home. Over under 42, Baltimore money line of minus six and a half. Lions plus 140. Lions have been on fire this season. Monroe St. Brown, as well as Jared Goff and Aiden Hutchinson on the defense. Baltimore has been solid, but they keep dropping the ball. The receivers need to get hands to win these close games. I think the Lions are going to win here. That combination with Jared Goff and Amonra St. Brown is opening up the rushing team lanes for the team. And also the miscues with the Ravens. I don't think you can fix that in a week. I don't think the receivers are just going to miraculously start catching the passes that Lamar Jackson is now throwing accurately. So having to lean on Lamar to run the ball so heavily, I think that's going to be the crutch that a better defense with somebody who tracks the ball well like Aiden Hutchinson, I think that's going to prove that the Lions are going to win here. I think the Lions being plus 140 is, you know, a, a big gambling corner love triangle. I'm putting all the money I have on Lions to win this game. Christian's taking the Ravens, so we're split up on a bunch of picks this week, probably a bunch of bets. I'm excited to see where everything goes. Like I said, I'm taking the Lions. Christian's taking the Baltimore Ravens. All right, so next we're going to be looking at the Buffalo Bills, 4-2 and two so far, versus the New England Patriots, 1-5. and five. Bills have been very good. They lost some close games. Uh, they lost last week to the Jets, which that sucks just overall. Um, Stefan Diggs has stayed very, very reliable, but Josh Allen has not form- found his last season form uh, or the, his groove yet for this season. He's played well, just not Josh Allen well. 
Uh, the New England Patriots have been absolutely abysmal. Uh, Mac Jones has been bad. They've had a couple highlights, but they have not been winning games. Their defense has not been good. Honestly, the whole team has just been surprisingly bad. The Bills have a spread here of minus 8.5, over under of 41.5. I think the Patriots are probably going to cover that spread, but I think the Buffalo Bills are going to win. Uh, my, minus 400 of the Bills' money line, plus 310 is the Patriots. I think don't even, don't even worry about the Patriots winning this game, especially with the Bills losing last week. I think they're going to right the ship, come back, and win. Um I think the Patriots are easily one of the worst teams in the league, and this is not something that we could expect from Bill Belichick. It must have something to do with that lighthouse that they, you know, just just built in the stadium. Um, honestly, everything mixed with a middling rushing team, a middling rushing from James Cook, you know, all his options, nobody really standing out there and just making the, the rushing field their own. I think that's one of, been one of the Bills' problems. I still think the Bills are going to win here, but they have some things to figure out before they'll be able to con- compete with teams like the Miami Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Eagles, even though the Chiefs haven't been playing as well as they could be. All right, so we have another fun one now. We have the Los Angeles Chargers. Lost last week to the Cowboys in a tough game. Another defensive game for the Cowboys. Great showing by them. Taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. They're 5-1. and one. They beat the Broncos last week. Uh, terrible Broncos team. Don't know what's going on with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson over there. Uh, Kansas City's favorite to win. Minus 250 money line. Chargers with plus 200 dog here. Over under 50 points. This could be one that could be very high scoring. If it were last season. Honestly, football has been a little weird this season. A lot of the you know superstars that we're used to seeing just haven't really shown themselves so so much. Like Patrick Mahomes only scoring 19 points against the Broncos. Very, very weird. Uh, Kansas City has a five-and-a-half point spread here. I think the Chargers could easily, not well, not easily, but they could definitely cover that spread. Uh, Justin Herbert has always had trouble with comebacks. With Patrick Mahomes not playing to his usual caliber, I think it leaves the Chiefs in a significantly vulnerable position that they're not used to. And that's not just against the Chargers. That's against every team so far this season. And I believe if Justin Herbert can score early, that's his best shot to win this game. He's not the comeback kid. He's not the fourth quarter clutch guy. He has to get ahead early to win games, and that's fine. The Chiefs defense have allowed some of the highest points per game so far this season. So if the Chargers were to win... That's their method to victory. Scoring early, and I know it sounds dumb, scoring. Yeah, you have to score to win. But I'm talking about marching down the field, making a statement against a team that has let up points already. You do that first. You force a couple stops. You get ahead. You can beat the Chiefs. Although, I still think the Chiefs are going to win. Christian agrees. He thinks the Chiefs are going to win. It's hard to bet against somebody like Patrick Mahomes who... In any point of the game, it seems like he can just turn around and throw three touchdowns if he needs to. All righty, so second to last, we have Jimmy Garoppolo's Las Vegas Raiders, 3-3 three and three so far, taking on the Chicago Bears. Pretty bad so far. Justin Fields, 
one and five. Raiders have a three-point spread favoring them over and under 37.5 points, begging for this to be a no-scoring game. Moneyline favorites, 160 Las Vegas Raiders. The Bears, plus 135 dogs. Justin Fields currently has a dislocated thumb. I don't know what that means as far as how he can throw the ball or handle a ball, but I know your thumb is used for gripping things. Both teams have below-average offenses and defenses, but they also shine at times. Like Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Justin Fields, you need to get the ball in those guys' hands or keep the ball, I guess, in Justin Fields' hands. He needs to get the ball in his receivers' hands. But those guys need to be able to control the game, control the ball to win this game. I think the Bears are going to win here. Christian agrees the Bears are going to win. They put up a strong performance against the Vikings, who were especially bad this year last week. And I think those kind of things, you know, just kind of letting Justin Fields play are the keys to victory for this game. The Raiders barely beat the Patriots. Of course, Josh Jacobs being a highlight on that team, Jimmy Garoppolo being a game manager. It's it's not easy. It's not going to be an easy game for either team. I could definitely see this breaking the over of 37 and a half. But with bad defenses, I feel like they could definitely play up to this game and it could be easily be a 20 uh, 17 10 type score. Last football matchup I'm taking a look at today, we have the Miami Dolphins 5 and 1. They beat the Panthers last week 42 to 21. Taking on the Philadelphia Eagles also 5 and 1. They lost to the Jets last week 20 to 14. That was a very poor showing from the Eagles. Jalen Hurts tush push finally got stopped. Uh sure a lot of people were happy about that. I really don't care one way or the other. Um with the Eagles playing bad, I'm honestly surprised the Dolphins aren't favored here. They're plus 105 on the money line with the Eagles being minus 125. It's an over under 52 and a half. Both teams let scores happen. I mean, the Panthers scored 21 on the Dolphins, and they're 0-6 now. And the Eagles proved that they're going to let the Jets score touchdowns on them. So everybody can score in any game. Um, Philadelphia's got a line of minus 1.5. Once again, I think the over is going to hit here. Tyreek Hill only needs 186 yards to break 1,000 receiving yards for the season. He could do that in week seven, but it's more likely that he'll do that by week eight. He's on a historic pace right now. And honestly, Jalen Hurts looks to bring, brush off the loss, not bring the loss, brush off the loss against uh, the Jets and make the Dolphins have a shootout against him. I think the best way that either team wins is using their high-powered offense to their advantage. The defenses aren't what's going to win the games here. I think getting the ball in the hands of Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, um, for the Eagles, Smith, um, everybody, you know, Smith and Smith, and Brown. You know, everybody here is going to need the ball. We're going to have a high-scoring game. I pick the Dolphins. Christian picks the Eagles. Let's see what happens.
All right, so Christian's tummy hurts, so I didn't get his bets quite yet. But my five bets for this week, Kamzat Chamaya money line, minus 280. Alexander Volkanovsky, money line, plus 210. Miami Hurric- Hurricanes, money line, plus 175. The Chicago Bears, money line, plus 135. And the Miami Dolphins, money line, plus 105. Fade these bets if you want to. I'm not really concerned. I've just been about gotten to 50% after a starting at about 70%, but that's just how the cookie crumbles. Season zero ends in December when January we kick off season one of the full-fledged split decision betting portion of the podcast where we'll be looking at units, taking it way more seriously, and providing a little bit more insight. But for now, you can just live with these. So with Kristen out, we're going to do top five solo. So we talked about, before he got sick, we talked about um, top five rich people because we were going to be in Abu Dhabi for the UFC fights this weekend. So I've put together not a draft. Why? It is a draft. I just get to draft all five of mine. If he wants to uh, put his name in the hat, he can just pick whatever's left. So my number one rich people is going to be Elon Musk. Uh, He's founded Tesla, SpaceX. He's made a bunch of profits through electric vehicles, space exploration. Just really cool stuff for me. And he's a real guy. You know, he's been on Joe Rogan's show. He gets out there. He's on Twitter. He's bought Twitter. Overall great. Just doing whatever he wants type of guy. Leading right into that for my number two brings me to whatever you do, whatever you want kind of guy, Tony Stark. Yeah, of course, he's fake. He's from the Marvel comics. He's Iron Man, but he's built Stark Stark Industries. He's got advanced weapons technology. He's Iron Man. Again, you know, you've probably seen the movie Billionaire, Playboy, Philanthropist. It's fantastic. Going through everything for him, it's pretty easy to pick that as my one of the top fives. Like the comics, like the character. Robert Downey Jr. was him in the movies. Pretty solid. Bill Gates was the is my number three. Co-founder of Microsoft. He's gotten wealth from all the Microsoft products, but there's just a cool history behind him. You know, he started, he's one of those guys that founded the company in his garage and then kicked a whole bunch of people out amassed billions of dollars and now is uh you know tied to epstein so holler at that Uh, my number four is another fictional person mr montgomery burns he's from the simpsons he is the owner of the springfield nuclear power plant Uh, mr burns's wealth 
is being earned through the ownership of said power plant. Um, but he uses questionable and unethical business practices. He's just a great guy in the show through and through. He's uh, kind of a force to be reckoned with. Lastly, not for any reason to be last, just it's my list so I can put him wherever I want. Uh, Joe Rogan, number five, Joe Rogan. He has the um, Comedy Mothership. He's got the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. He is the host of that. He's a great guy. He'll interview... You know, people who would never, you would never think he would be interested in talking to, but it proves that people want to hear what a lot of different people have to say. Joe Rogan is that guy. He's got that licensing deal with Spotify. It paid him like $100 million. So there you go. Those are my top five rich people. Let us know who your rich people are, or if you have any top five ideas, let me know. We'd be more than happy to, you know, consider using that as a top five for the show. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Split Decision. Check us out next week when we recap UFC 294 and then we look ahead to UFC Vegas 82, Almeida versus Lewis. Once again, check us out at splitdecisionpod.com to get all of our recent episodes, our merch, our UFC picks, our football picks, our NFL, NCAA picks, and more. And don't forget to shop for your geese, your rash guards, and all your jujitsu needs at elitesports.com. Thanks again, guys. Bye.